at the end of the last episode, which was part one in the current series on altruism, I just mentioned the way we humans, when we don't know something, we like to fill in the blanks. Not all of us, but some of us. Um, and, and then uh, some of those, some of us, then go ahead and, you know, to the next level and, um, and say uh, that, that thing that we invented and um, put into that blank spot uh, is actually a fact. It, it, that, that is what's in there. You know, it's a little bit like having a, um, you know, imagine I uh, put something or nothing in a little black box and I went into a room and yeah, oh, let's say I was a teacher and I went into a room uh, of school children and I said, what's in the black box? Um, and yeah, some of the children will say, I don't know. Um, and let's say I left that box just on the front desk for 6,000 years and all the students just had to look at it, you know. Um, and, and then the, the students grew up had children and all that sort of stuff. Soon enough, some of them would say, I know what's in that black box. Um, it's, it's a shiny penny. Um, and as the, the other students, you know, most of the other students would say, oh yeah, rubbish, you know, <laughs> you can't know that. <laughs> and, um, and they'd say, all I know, it's, uh, I know it's something, um, you know, reflective of what's out here, you know, because the teacher said he put it in there. You know, whatever is in there, um, or not, but I think he put something in there, I really do. Whatever he put in there, the teacher, who's dead now? <laughs> um, I reckon, um, you know, it had to be something he had. It had to be reflective of his, you know. Um, he didn't put something in there that he didn't have, you know. That's a little bit like, um, you know, people who argue that, um, and it's probably, you know, there's a, there's a, it's, it's sound logic, you know, people who say that in the universe, you know, the universe has to kind of mirror God or whatever, you know, God, you know, small g God, somehow, you know, God couldn't have put something into the universe that he didn't have in the first place, you know, that sort of thing, you know, and in that sense, you know, the universe is the image of God. Um, our egotistical humans sometimes say that, you know, they, uh, you know, not the whole universe is reflective of God, but just me, <laughs> you know, just humans. Um, yeah, and, and then you get e even um, certain cultures say, just our culture, you know, God, um, we are, uh, God looks like us, you know, he's Slavic. You know, I'm a Slav, so God is Slavic, you know, um, or something like that, you know. And so, that, you know, that's the logic, you know, um, I guess. Um, and it's a sound logic. Trouble is, um, who knows, you know. And also, there is that little problem where I, I, I might have put nothing in that box and I could be just being tricky. Uh, yeah. Oh, and then, uh, cultures, cultures. Yes, so that's why we Catholics, you know, we think that um, God looks a bit like us, specifically. Um, yeah, 
more than um, yeah. and God doesn't look like a monkey you know for example or a tree you know or anything like that he looks specifically like us we Catholics you know in fact he looks Irish Catholic as far as I can see yeah. he's a leprechaun you know because you know I've got Irish in my yeah. I reckon he's part Irish part English actually Alright, that's how we humans think, you know. Anyway, so um, you get some kids, you know, in the class and they're all grown up now and they're having babies and all that sort of thing and um, and the most influential amongst them are you know, the most charismatic and the, the, the natural born leaders and all that sort of thing, the shamans, you know, the natural shamans. Little Richard was a shaman. Um... They, uh, they managed to grab a few other kids in the class and, um, you know, those kids in the class become their followers. And suddenly, you've got, what, 12 followers, you know, it's a pretty big class. Um, and uh, suddenly, there's a, you know, there's a girls group, you know, and all the girls in this girls group, you know, all the... Um, the popular ones, got to be popular, you know. Um, they all agree, you know, uh, that there's a shiny penny in that box, okay. And then they all have children, and at night they tell stories of the shiny penny, and how the shiny penny, how the how that. There once was a nerdy teacher who put a shiny penny in a black box. Yeah. Uh, why don't we open the black box? Um, says the children. You know, why don't we just go and have a look? You know, and he said, Ah, yes. Um, he, it's a very strong box. He, he made it very strong. This nerdy teacher. He was a physics teacher, and he made it out of some material. And we've tried to hacksaw it open, but we can't. You know, we've tried everything. You know, we've tried every tool, um, and we can't. You know, so we're um, we're trying to invent new tools. Once again, I got chopped off in the middle of saying something, but I had finished. Okay, let's get on to the next part of our series on altruism. Uh, that bit there had nothing to do with altruism. It's just that I had said something at the end of the previous episode and it triggered a thought for the start of this episode. But back to altruism itself. Altruism. Ah yes, of course. Um, probably what I would have ended up saying is that the children then have children and then the children's children have children and, you know, within a few generations it becomes fact what is in that box until, you know, a, a child yeah. four, five, six generations down um, uh, challenges all of that yeah, and, and, and calls that an enlightenment of some sort, you know, and and then that child is very charismatic, and 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 speaks with 
logic, you know, maybe like a um, like a serpent in the Garden of Eden or something, you know, um, and you know, and it just keeps rolling along. And sometimes people believe what's in the box, and you know, people make up different things, hence religions and all that sort of thing. Now, I don't, I don't mind the idea of you know, if you're never going to know what's in that box anyway. If it's going to serve you some purpose, some sort of positive purpose, I haven't got a big problem. You know, sometimes even I enjoy um, guessing and imagining what's in that box, you know. And people, people um, with great genius construct all sorts of things into that box. Fantastic genius, you know. You you can say... um, yeah, these are theologists, really. Theologists. You know, and you can say, theologists are idiots because for even trying to guess what's in that box, you know. For even trying to guess, yeah. Or even imagining there's something that they can possibly know what's in that box, you know. Although you can infer a little bit, as, uh, as I suggested, that there's probably something reflective of what's outside the box. Yeah, all things considered, if you're a betting person, you know. Much the same as um, if you know the the universe. You know, it's not a bad bet to guess that whatever made the universe um, had properties uh, contained properties within it. You know, God has properties um, that He was able to give to this universe. You know what I mean? You can't make something well that you can't you don't have yourself, you know, something like that, you know. If you haven't got, if God didn't have a shiny penny, he couldn't have put a shiny penny into the universe. You know, that sort of thinking. Um, uh, look, I'll, I'll keep that messy. I, I don't want any grand conclusion. Um, but yes, obviously, people imagine what's in the little black box uh, for all sorts of reasons. Some good, some bad. A lot of people imagine things to be in that box in order, and this is an oldie but a goodie, um, to exert power. You know, I know what's in the box, and you don't, so I'm a priest. You know, and you shall do what I say. You know, power. You know, but um, other people imagine what's in that box, and um, uh, for good reasons. You know, for to do in order to do good. Yeah. And um, and and theologists. Um, men, there have, have been many theologists in history who have had great genius, you know, great genius, just because, you know, it might be wickedy whack, in your opinion and mine perhaps, that uh, that theologist uh, was happy enough to believe something was in that box, you know, like to believe that there is a shiny penny in that box. You know, we might think that the initial... Um, Assumption, or you know, the the initial leap of faith by the theologist is a bit wackety whack. That he says, "Yea, verily, there is a shiny penny in that box." Right, that moment, yeah, the that very first bit might seem wickety whack, unless of course um, he's aware that he doesn't know, and but he knows that if he does, he does um, convince everybody else there's a shiny penny in that box. He can use their, what, gullibility, I'm sort of thinking, um, uh, for good or for evil. 
you know. Um, but, you know, um, they're, they're elites in the religious world. The, the real elites in, the, in history, in the religious world, are those people who originally made up the story for the very first time and didn't tell everyone else that they were making it up. Yeah, but the very first person who came up with the Jesus turned water into wine uh, sort of myth, if you like, or fact, if you think it's a fact, the very first person who made that up, or who, you know, who told that story for the very first time, knew it wasn't true, right? Like, you know, come on, yeah. Let's just imagine that it didn't happen, okay? All right, so the very first person who came up with that story knew it wasn't true, but didn't tell the other people that he was telling that story to that it wasn't true. Now, he's an elite, a religious elite, because he knows that it's not true. Someone had to come up with that story, you know, and that person had to know it wasn't true, all right? Um, So, he's an elite, and the elites in the religious world are often, I think, people like Jesus themselves, you know, um, who might be speaking in parables anyway, but, you know, they're quite happy to, they're quite well aware that people will take them literally, and they're, they're quite happy for that to slip, they let that slide, you know, uh, they let it slide that it's a parable. Um, in most cases, you know, because Jesus would say, this is a parable, but then other times he would say stuff that wasn't a parable, and, and which was clearly magic, and he wouldn't say it was a, ma- a, a parable. Yeah, he wouldn't add that disclaimer. So he's clearly, you know, and it's really borderline, you know, and you can sort of say, look, some of these things he's saying, I'm, I'm sure he means they're parables, and yet he lets it slide. Now, why is he letting it slide? Because he is happy for people to believe it's true, even if he doesn't. And um, and he knows that plenty of people will, which would make Jesus an elite in the religious sense, what I call a religious elite. Yeah. Um, okay. But, you know, he was probably doing it for a good reason. Um, but there are others that make up stories um, when they've got power on their mind. Yeah. I think Jesus had power on his mind too. He 100% surely uh, devoted his life to exerting power over his disciples. Um, he, he did not share power with his disciples. He was the only one who was allowed to come up with the final word. You know, he never allowed the apostles the final word on anything. They had no powers. They had. They were powerless. They, strangely enough, they seem to all uh, grow some. Uh, that didn't sound very good, but you know what I mean. Um, after Jesus died, suddenly they become very, you know, assertive and all that sort of thing. Interesting. But while Jesus was alive, they were meek and mild. You know, and the instant Jesus died, you know, suddenly they're great leaders in all the communities, and they're popes and they're bishops and they're all that sort of stuff. And they're, you know, that's interesting. They played meek and mild, meek and mild, meek and mild with Jesus. I wonder if they did talk back. How about that? I ended up talking about the papacy anyway, didn't I? Even though I'm supposed to be digressing on the subject of altruism. Uh, All right. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the thought I almost had back then was that, 
yeah, I, I started to talk about theologists and then forgot. Uh, but what I was saying there is, um, even if it's a bit wickety whack, the initial leap of faith uh, that they, the theologist knows what's in the black box, you know, bearing in mind that he um, he might not, he might know that he doesn't know, but he's just saying he doesn't know. All right, let's put all that aside. Even if it's a bit of, a bit wickety whack or a bit corrupt you know, one or the other, um, that the theologist is saying he knows, or she knows, you know, what's in that black box. Um, after that, what the theologist does with that information, you know, even if it's false, what the theologist can do with that information can be a matter of great genius um, every bit as impressive as anything Einstein ever came up with, you know. And we've had great theologists in history who had that great genius, you know. Just because they start off with a wickety whack idea doesn't mean they can't bring just as much genius to that idea as Einstein could to um, his leap of faith, let's say. Which, when he had his physics hat on, was that you know, we can trust that that, that you know, he look physicists have this leap of faith where we are going to um, we are going to assume that we can trust our senses. Yeah, let you know, you know like mathematicians say, let x equal two. You know, when x could x could equal anything, couldn't it? Um, but physicists, you know, we say um, let our senses be trusted, um, allowing for the fact that um, they might be playing. Tr- you know, oh, it gets too tricky. You know, oh, we we actually, you know, oh, too hard, too hard to understand. Uh, too hard to explain. Especially when even I don't understand. You know, but um, look, we know our eyes could be faulty, so we invent instruments you know, um, to be better than our eyes and things like that. You know, we invent glasses, don't we, and monocles. Um, and we know our logic might be fuzzy, and we know we've got internal biases and all that sort of thing. We know we've got faults, we humans. Uh, physicists know that humans have got faults, so they invent things like the scientific method to, to um, minimise. Uh, the effect of those faults, you know, and that's what science is, you know, but there's still a leap of faith way down below. It's a leap of faith I don't mind. You know, it's my favourite leap of faith. Science. Science is my favourite, you know, because science um, trusts the senses, but that makes sense to me because um, science um, serves the senses at the same time. Ah, yeah, but the, yeah, I've, I've spoken about that ad nauseum in other episodes. Uh, look, let's get back to altruism. <laughs>